thousand years have gone by since that murder when killing the messenger made its debut. Now that we're civilized, wise, and intelligent, so surely such practices now are taboo. But you talk to Julian Assange and he'll tell you, or ask Chelsea Manning if this is the case, or Bernard Colleri and his name suppressed client. You'll find that such spitefulness still has its place. Killing Julian softly. A high-powered legal team had their last throw of the dice in London this week to stop the British government's extradition of Assange to the United States. Regardless of the outcome in the courts, there is little hope for Julian Assange. Sadly, the Americans are not going to let him go. As Scott Ludlam, a former Green Senator in Australia, testified to the Belmarsh Tribunal, the US government has calculated to wear him and his supporters down in an endless cycle of appeals and counter-appeals where the prosecution gets what it wants, no matter the result. Caught between assassination and extradition, Julian never understood what he was up against. Putting aside his involvement in the 2016 US elections and the evil princess of darkness, Hillary Clinton. Julian challenged the military-industrial complex itself. He leaked against corporate America, the Democratic National Congress, and the good old GOP, the Republican Party. And then there were the spooks with their honey trap and constant surveillance. How many times did the CIA try to assassinate Fidel Castro? We don't hear about how that judge in Spain went with his indictment of the security guys that put Julian and Jeffrey Robinson, one of Julian's lawyers, under surveillance in the Ecuadorian embassy. They even checked Stella Morris's babies, nappies, for DNA tests and all the rest of the sordid business. Then there was Julian's naivety in going to the Ecuadorian embassy in the first place. It wasn't long before they caved to the United States government. Why not go to the Cubans? Did Julian, a libertarian, think the embassy staff in Cuba were a bunch of Stalinists? Even if they were, the Cubans would never give him up to the British MI6 like the Ecuadorians did. Just listen to Kieran O'Reilly's testimony below about the level of surveillance around that tiny embassy. There were drafting plans for the assassination of Julian Assange, and this is this is hardly surprising, you know. Uh, I lived for six months outside the Ecuadorian embassy on the street there, and it was surrounded by spooks. It was um, at one point about two months. The special branch had three clearly visible cars parked there, and we're not shy about their presence. But St. Julian just turned 50. I was at his 40th birthday party in 2011. And the guy who did security on me when I arrived was a guy called Ziggy, who was an Icelandic hacker who walked into the US, US Embassy in Reykjavik and offered to do a job for them uh, to infiltrate WikiLeaks. Uh, so the FBI were inside WikiLeaks in 2011. And it just built up and built up, especially as Pompeo took charge. O'Reilly ought to know he was sleeping rough outside the embassy on and off for six months, even more. Assange's lawyers revealed the plot to kill Julian in the High Court during the United States appeal for extradition. Now the people behind this don't want to go too far 
and murder him outright in the cool light of day. Look how long it took the far-right state of Israel to poison Yasser Arafat. The Americans are being watched by ordinary people, don't have much sympathy for him. They don't want to tip, tip them over and make him a martyr. You could say that even the Romans tried to disguise their plot to kill the first whistleblower against the merchants and Rome's evil occupation of Palestine. Pontius Pilate, the story goes, washed his hands of the whole affair. Did Julian really think Trump would let him go? Trump, the misogynist with his briberies, insults, robberies, outrages, wanton injuries, harassment of women, constantly repeated, ceaseless and supremely grievous cruelty. No, as soon as he was in power, Trump launched his trusty lieutenant, Pompeo, to get Julian. Poor Julian did not have the politics and the knowledge to foresee the sledgehammer the US would use to crack him. Kieran O'Reilly is so pessimistic that he thinks Julian is washed up, but not I. If they can get him released in the bosom of his family, his wife and children, they will bring him back. But he has to stop. It is time to retire. Belmarsh Tribunal supports Julian Assange. Last week, his supporters turned out in Mianjin, Brisbane, and after 10 years of organising solidarity actions, they are exhausted. Attempts by Julian's father, John Shipton, to dissuade Joe Biden to let Assange go have failed. So Assange's freedom relies heavily on a legal rather than a political strategy. Added to the constant threat of extradition hanging over him, should a qualified doctor testify that he is well enough to face trial in the US. Some have suggested he should return to Australia. This is naive also, for both sides of Australian politics would willingly hand him over to the Americans for trial and an inevitable life sentence in a hellhole. Hell hell. If you are in any doubt about this, just look what Australian governments do to refugees from war. Assange's legal defence rests on thin grounds. High Court judges are not concerned about that. Judicial concern is purely superficial. They must not look beholden to government, regardless of which one, British or United States. The letter of the law is paramount. During the extradition trial, the US government lawyers won all the legal arguments, save one, itself not strictly a matter of law, the threat of suicide. Julian, his father, mother, wife and family will sadly pay a heavy price for the wiki-leaked Iraqi war logs and collateral murder video. And let's not forget Chelsea Manning and the price she has paid. Or the million dead in Iraq and Afghanistan. So war crimes are done in our name with our money. The innocent slaughtered, the prisoners abused. And those who give orders, and those who pull triggers, are thanked for their service, acclaimed or excused. But try to make public those crimes and abuses, or let people know what their governments hide. You'll find that the crime of revealing their secrets is one that our governments cannot abide. We published this report by request 
about the United States High Court appeal compiled by Bay FM Community Newsroom. It went to air on the 29th of October 2021. Thanks go out to the anchor Mia Armitage, Julian's dad, John Shipton. Shipton is currently in London for the United States government's High Court appeal against the decision not to allow the extradition. He talks with John Jiggins in the interview that follows. The UK High Court is this week hearing a US appeal against the decision of a lower court to deny the US government request for the extradition of WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange. Julian Assange's father, John Shipton, has been in London this week for his son's latest judicial hearing and says he's pleased England's most powerful judge, Lord Chief Justice of England and Ireland, Ian Duncan, has been on the bench along with Lord Justice Timothy Holroyd. Mr Shipton spoke with Community Newsroom reporter Dr John Jiggins. The judge is the most powerful judge in the United Kingdom, the Chief Justice of England and Wales, and it was in his court that the hearing was held. So there's an absolute seriousness within the English judiciary emerging to settle uh, this case. Normally the US gets what it wants, yet you seem very optimistic. What underlines your confidence? It's timely that the Supreme Court Justice is involved himself in this matter. I feel myself that they are embarrassed by their behaviour. If you could imagine every single point, which is a scandal in itself, however, every single point of the Americans' prosecution in the original hearing in September was accepted, except for one item, and that is health of Julian going to the United States and and more than likely committing suicide. Prior to the commencement of the US High Court appeal, supporters of Mr Assange and campaigners for his release held what is called the Belmarsh Tribunal, a public hearing named after the jail in which Mr Assange is being held. The tribunal's purpose is to hold the United States accountable for war crimes as they were revealed by Mr Assange and WikiLeaks and that work, of course, won a uh, award from the Walkley Foundation here in Australia. Community Newsroom reporter Rob Osborne has more. Organised by the Progressive International, the Belmarsh Tribunal is modelled on the People's Tribunal, held in Sweden in 1966. Convened by prominent philosophers Bertrand Russell and Jean-Paul Sartre, the People's Tribunal exposed American war crimes in Vietnam. Here's veteran British activist, writer and broadcaster Tariq Ali describing his involvement in the 1966 event. Investigating teams were sent to North Vietnam to experience the war, myself included. And we sat through hours and hours of bombing every single day. I saw with my own eyes the day after they'd bombed hospitals and schools in Tanoa province. So it was a, a searing experience which really left its mark on me. Metrics. The petition put together by Philip Adams is currently running at 30 signatures per hour. That's about 720 per day. And Adam says that there was a mass mail out to the existing 652,000 signatories 
in Brisbane on the 31st of October 21. This is now, that's the email list, the largest daily news service in Australia. At this rate, hopefully the petition may have a million signatures by the time the appeal decision is handed down by the High Court in London. The bond between the military industrial complex and mainstream media. The Sydney Morning Herald had a small news item about the extradition hearing at the back of their new Saturday print edition. So their views would be low, probably the same with the Weekend Australian. The Brisbane Times focused on the suicide submission, but gave some coverage of the CIA plot to kill Assange. In Four Corners versus Julian Assange, Dr. John Jiggins had this to say about our ABC. While journalists worldwide honor Assange and are deeply concerned by the significant threat to journalism posed by the United States attempt to extradite him and charge him under 1917 Espionage Act, the big lie that Assange is not a journalist persists in the Australian media, and not just in that section dominated by a US citizen, Murdoch, but surprisingly and most virulently at the ABC's flagship current affairs program, Four Corners. Media lies during US wars. Given the media were embedded with the military during shock and awe, the news is not really independent or objective. How long did it take CNN to expose the lie that Iraq had chemical weapons of mass destruction? The US had sold WMDs to Saddam Hussein in the 1980s, but the UN investigator in 2003 found no evidence of the prohibited weapons programs prior to his own withdrawal on the 18th of March 2003. Then the invasion began called shock and awe. It was another Secretary of State, not Hillary Clinton, but an earlier one, Colin Powell, who stood up in the UN and lied about WMDs in order to get wider support for the invasion of Iraq. We know that Saddam Hussein is determined to keep his weapons of mass destruction. He's determined to make more. Leaving Saddam Hussein in possession of weapons of mass destruction for a few more months or years is not an option. Not in a post-September 11th world. My colleagues, over three months ago, this council recognized that Iraq continued to pose a threat to international peace and security, and that Iraq had been and remained in material breach of its disarmament obligations. Today, Iraq still poses a threat, and Iraq still remains in material breach. Indeed, by its failure to seize on its one last opportunity to come clean and disarm, Iraq has put itself in deeper material breach and closer to the day when it will face serious consequences for its continued defiance of this council. My colleagues, we have an obligation to our citizens. We have an obligation to this body to see that our resolutions are complied with. We wrote 1441 not in order to go to war. We wrote 1441 to try to preserve the peace. We wrote 1441 to give Iraq one last chance. Iraq is not so far taking that one last chance. We must not shrink from whatever is ahead of us. We must not fail in our duty and our responsibility 
to the citizens of the countries that are represented by this body. Did mainstream media tell us that this was the same Colin Powell who covered up the mass murder of between 200 and 500 Vietnamese villagers at My Lai? This was a massacre by a Lieutenant William Kelly and his men in 1968. Well, it was the same Colin Powell. At that time, charged with the responsibility to investigate the massacre, Powell wrote, in direct refutation of this portrayal of the massacre is the fact that the relations between American soldiers and Vietnamese people are excellent. Later, Powell's assessment would be described as whitewashing the news of the massacre and questions would continue to remain, but albeit undisclosed to the public. Mind you, None of Powell's Vietnam war record came out in the media to help us decide if he was lying about WMDs prior to the Iraq war in 2003. So when WikiLeaks came up with the means whereby Bradley Manning could secretly leak the Iraqi war logs that exposed the massacre by US helicopter gunships, that bond between media and military was overshadowed by whistleblowers self-publishing their concerns. The collateral murder video leaked by Assange exposed the US government lies. Mainstream media became irrelevant, replaced by WikiLeaks and its ability to keep its sources private. Okay, you're asking why did then Bradley Manning get exposed? Bradley Manning was exposed by a colleague. And Brady Manning, of course, says that now Chelsea Manning, she will never testify against Assange or WikiLeaks. Assange versus the Clintons. WikiLeaks exposed two of the best liars in politics, Bill and Hillary Clinton. Assange released the presidential hopeful Hillary's emails that showed how far to the right she was. Hillary supported the genocidal war of Iraq. And this was the Secretary of State's response to the brutal murder of President of Libya, Omar Gaddafi. We came, we saw, <laughs> he died. <laughs> did it have anything to do with your visit? No, oh, I'm sure it did. As Secretary of State, Clinton was supplying arms to Israel to slaughter the Palestinian people. Had Hillary won the 2016 US presidential election, the US would probably have been at war with Iran. Such was her allegiance with Israel. So Julian Assange is entitled to be upset at how the US government has connived to lock him in solitary confinement for the rest of his life. Solidarity. What freedom Julian Assange does finally achieve depends chiefly on the solidarity campaign that has been waged in many countries, strongly in places like Germany but not so strong in the United States or Australia. These are both members of ACUS, a new arms arrangement with the United Kingdom in the coming war with China. That is not to say that efforts have not been made to obtain better results in the United States and Australia. Julian's dad, John Shipton, has toured both countries seeking support. Here in Brisbane, we have tried nearly everything stalls, rallies, petitions, formal approaches to the British Consul, fundraisers, debates, forums, 
radio shows on local community radios like 4ZZZ and Byron Bay FM, and discussion groups. Some of these events were well, well attended or had big audiences, but strong political activist defence has not helped, has not developed. And after 10 years, the, the solidarity actions have fallen on deaf ears of the people in power. It's very sad for Julian and his family. The Yanks have been relentless. At this point, the solidarity campaign for Julian has been exhausted, save for a few hardy souls who came out of the anti-war movement here in Queensland. And in a way, Julian was born into this movement when his mother stayed at Emmanuel College at the University of Queensland just prior to his birth at the time of the anti-Vietnam War moratorium campaign. That's Ian Kerr signing off for 4PR Voice of the People. See you next time. Julian Assange is pursued and imprisoned, his decency punished, his courage be despised. Denounced as a traitor for drawing attention to the crimes that our governments have long authorized. But the day will dawn when his work is acknowledged by captains and kings as today by his friends. The day will come when the world will acknowledge the worth of the values that Julian defends. The day will dawn when the world will acknowledge the worth of the values that Julian defends. Thanks very much, folks. Thank you.